This week, we order up a heaping bowl of contract killers. And I try to make their surprisingly normal amateur baseball team. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we jump into a genre that is making more headway for Americans that are in love with anime. These are the types of shows that, while fantastical in elements, are really a love letter to living a career-free life in Japan or Tokyo. From batting cages to taking the train, it's enough to make me want to mask up and take a 15-hour flight to Japan, if only to avoid all the cross-dressing assassins. That's right, this week we take on the action, slice-of-life, assassin-filled drama known as Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens. But before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans to be expecting from this show? It's going to make you feel hungry. It's going to make you feel disgusted by violence. But at the end of the day, it's going to make you smile. Agreed. It's, I, I, like, I, I think the, the timbre of our show today is what the timbre of this show is, which is it's, it's like a hot bath, man. Like, it's got action, but at the end of the day, it's just relaxing. It's got all the, the, the cool things, the jazz and everything. And we'll get to that in a second. But um, once again, the show that we're watching today is called Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens. It's a very weird name. We will explain a little bit why it's called that. But it originally started as a light novel series. So once again, we're doing another light novel series. Uh, and it started in 2014 and is ongoing. Uh, but there were manga adaptations that kind of ran from 2016 and 2018. And they produced a single season of anime in 2018. This kind of is like a Crunchyroll only kind of thing. So you're not going to find it on your normal Hulu and Netflix. But I think it's worth the watch. Um, but to start, Garrett, because this is such a weird, it, when I gave you the title, right, when I normally give you like Bunny, even the shows like uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, you kind of get the idea, right? You know, even the words like Naruto is like, oh, that's the guy's name. Mm-hmm. When you hear the name Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens, before you even knew anything, put, put this past Garrett a la, you know, four days ago, what were your thoughts about the title? Warring ramen stands <laughs> in, in Tokyo. I was when I saw it, I, it kind of thought to me like it was going to be like a food wars. Yes, thing. yes, but but like ramen, and maybe it gets really vicious, or maybe it's just based on the food. Um, There's going to be a lot of ingredients and a lot of scenes of knives cutting up ingredients. Right, <laughs> uh, that is not what we got. And I was also confused by the pluralization of the word ramen because I thought to have more than it's like the word deer, like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. several bowls of ramen like i never you know ramen sounded like a weird japanification of things but it's very as you said very very different why i introduced this show and we're going to find more of these as we go along because i couldn't start with these kind of shows but they're the ones that are kind of for the the, the 30 year old men's style which i really like and you're starting to see more of them as you go along it's the what i like to call the like spice of life in japan you know, je ne sais quoi style show, right? It's about living Japan. It's about the cafes. It's about the restaurants. It's about the landmarks. It's about the food. It's, it, I think Japan realized that there was a growing market of weebs and otaku from, from outside of Japan mm-hmm. that love everything Japanese and that will glom onto things that they find very boring. Like, it's as if someone wanted to watch a, a cartoon about you know, opening up, you know, a sandwich from Subway. And it's like, ooh, is that what they eat and stuff like that? It's this kind of show. It's very slow. And well, I mean, like you're burying the lead. 
Yeah. Just, just a hair because yeah. it's all of that. But it's also about how being an assassin is a generally accepted career path for people. Yeah, it's like, get get your resume out, folks, because assassination, A-OK right. in this world. And right. you're right. But I wanted to give it to Frey because you're going to see more of these, right? You're gonna We're going to see a lot of these. I like them. I eat them up with a spoon. Some other things you will notice is that they all tend to have, like, smooth jazz in the background. This kind of, like, urban jazz. Did you, did you kind of feel that? Where, like, oh, the, absolutely. Very, like, it. It was um, it was kind of um, cowboy beboppy. Yes, in a way, hundred ten percent. Especially the end theme. Well, actually, just like the tank. end theme. You know what the end theme really reminded me of? Archer. Right. Ex- exactly. It's that like um, you know, that, it's like, like that, that jazzy madman type. Yeah. yeah, it's very much that very quick pace, just like tank from uh, cowboy bebop with like the sh- with the like panels. I-, I was very much like once I see that, I, I and it's cowboy bebop esque. I'm in always. Um, and another thing is that generally these kind of stories tend to revolve around small subplots, kind of like Bacchano, really. And it's just like characters being themselves in a Tokyo or in this case, Fukuoka like setting. There's shows like Durarara, which we'll talk about. Another one that I really like is called Bungo Stray Dogs. They don't get very popular anywhere, but you'll see this is kind of the thing because video games are starting to pull this off too. Like there's video games like Persona 5 and the Yakuza series that Americans eat up too because a lot of the subplot is, hey, wouldn't it be nice if you got to go to a convenience store and buy Onigiri and then walk out and play, uh, you know, and do karaoke and stuff like that? Ooh, wouldn't you like to like walk so around like that world for a little auto? bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for a Japanophile like myself. So once again, just told you, I'm totally bought into the style of show. Unfortunately, it's only 12 episodes. But let's start with the conceit of the show. You said Assassins. That's kind of the like, beginning bullet point of the show but let's talk about the conceit of the show basically if anybody wants to know the setting it's fukuoka which is a part of japan it's in honshu like the rest of the thing and there's no like special powers there's no bomb that went off beforehand this is not dystopian this is just everyday life in japan right is the setting but what what's happening in this world um well, the way the world is set up is it's a little bit like uh, Sin City or Crash. Right, right. That there's like multiple stories going on at the same time. And yeah. at the end, they're all going to weave into one another. But And win an not- Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's controversial, folks. I get it. But but we're not we're not seeing it quite yet. Right. Um, but the first person I think we're really introduced to is Lin. Uh, uh, sorry, you uh, you even phonetically spelled it for me. <laughs> Lin Xiaoming. Yes, Lin Xianming. Oh, Xianming. Okay, yeah. like the city, Xian. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, and right off the bat, let's get this out of the way because it is one of the first things you learn. Right. Uh, Lin is a cross-dresser and mm-hmm. it's... Um, a born sex male who is probably in their late teens, early twenties. Right. And they say in the very beginning that I wear girls clothes. It's something I like, but I am all man. Yes, exactly. So we're talking he, him pronouns for this person. Uh, um, We can say that he also does not identify as transgender. He doesn't identify as uh, same sex oriented. All we know is that is a man who likes having long hair and wearing feminine clothing and mm-hmm. it it is non it is non-controversial as part of the world of this show 
right? It's not well, treated as there, there's some there people are, that point there out. are some characters that throw derogatory comments at but that's because at, that's because Lynn is either beating them up or trying to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're gonna point well, out I, the thing I would just say that as someone who I mean there's not a lot of that content in America. There's not a lot of that content right. in Japan, I imagine, mm -hmm. where characters like that are given the lead, whether it be animated or whether it be real life. Right. But what I'll say is someone who, when I first saw it, I went, huh. And I thought, okay, is this going to be like a disguise? Is it going to be like Mission Impossible? And then when I realized it was just a part of the character, and it only took about an episode and a half. Right, right. Um, they reference it every once in a while or make a comment about it, especially the first time Lynn meets a new character and they're like, right, who the right. hell is this person? Um, it really doesn't detract from anything. You're just no. like, okay, this is who this person is. Exactly. And what I think is really important as well is that it also serves the story in that it helps with Lynn's job. And what job is that, Garrett? Uh, assassin. Yep, yep. Lynn kills people and especially... Uh, in a really vicious way. Yeah, Lynn is the get up a close and personal to dudes and stabs them with knives kind of person. Right. And what's crazy is that Lynn also never changes his voice at all. So he looks like this beautiful, like if you always paint a picture, meant a picture for you. He looks like a strapping young blonde woman, uh, like a girl, probably he's at 615, 16. And when he does his first contract killing, he goes to the front door knocks on it and the girlfriend of the person that they're supposed to call I'm guess, guessing he's supposed to call both says who are you I, they, they got like a lock like a chain lock on and he doesn't change his voice at all he's yeah. like and, and you know i'm gonna do this just for dramatic effect so it's not as deep as this but it's like hey your boyfriend you know gave me a bag and said that you know i want to shove it in his face that he let you know this is not the person you want to mess with like it was it was kind of funny that like it's like the bernice voice from dodgeball <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it wasn't that deep but at the same time it was like if you're using it as a function of your contract killing you might be able to lighten it up a little bit just to school the person who you're trying to get to open the door but yeah so lynn shows up gacks these two people says yep. i'm a contract killer and i stab 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 and, and, and the, yeah. the the actual target the male is getting gacked because he worked at a nightclub and he stole 10 million yen which i still mm -hmm. haven't done the translation in my head i think it's many thousands of dollars um, yeah, you do uh, subtract two zeros, so that would be a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so he took a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, and um, he spent over half of it, and so Lynn takes him out. And the 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 club owner, then the club is called Miroir, Miroir, Miroir. <laughs> um, he is a bald spaghetti carbonara loving like no there's no, there's no there's no spaghetti carbonara but it is kind of like the, the classic mafia person that you could see before they get killed is eating spaghetti carbonara like right you know right. chewing a lot before they get shot in the face he like, may or may not oh, wear a feed bag at dinner exactly he's the character that like al pacino would go to the bathroom first grab a gun from the toilet and shoot them in the face while they're like wiping the you know right. the, the meat right. sauce right. from their face <laughs> but yeah you're right and he's saying and and this generally is hiring lynn to do the dirty work right and one thing that is noted is that lynn is trying to pay back a debt mm -hmm. because he has a sister named xiao mei mm -hmm. apparently they're both chinese yep. and he's trying to get out the debt so that he can go back and see his sister who's right they did this little flashback where he was being like driven away in sort of like a military transport vehicle yeah. and his his sister uh, and i knew it was his sister because i'm learning things was chasing the vehicle going 
Onichan. <laughs> You're getting it. But and the, not in the normal way that Onichan is said in other shows that we watch together. <laughs> <laughs> she's not like, let me fluff you first. Like just she's just she's generally just loves her brother, right? Right. And and this is gonna be the thing, folks. You're gonna probably be a little worried because we're jumping around, but that's what this show does. Um and so that's kind of the start is like, he goes, okay, good job on this thing. I want you to kill this detective. And then we move on to a character whose name is Saito, uh, who has a suit and tie and is, is packing up his boxes. What's his deal? Saito is on, I know it's two months, but he's like first day on the job. <laughs> right, right. He's like, hey guys, is this the place where we kill people? Right. He, he's like in the, I don't know, well, let's say... He's in like the corporate offices of the assassination guild. Right, he's here. in the corporate offices offices of Red Rum Inc. Which is so, which is which so You know The Shining sus. is yeah. Murder Inc. But I assure you, I saw Ja Rule nowhere. <laughs> nowhere in this. It's so funny because yeah, when I read this American, I was going like, baby, baby. <laughs> I had to look it up. I didn't know this. When I think Murder Inc., I think of Ja Rule. You me too. The two members were Jay-Z and DMX. Were they in murdering too? That is what the Wikipedia says. Hova, why would you? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> 1995 to 2000. Anyway. Nice. Anywho, Saito is like showing up at the corporate offices of Murder Inc. or Red Rum Inc., which is, you know, their little wink wink thing when, they, uh, when they're trying to give out the business cards. And but so when we meet Saito, he's saying goodbye to his buddy Gwen. Yes. Um, he says, oh, Gwen, I only knew you for two months, but I'm moving to Hakata. And he's like, oh, yeah, Hakata is a tough place. So Hakata is another city. And he says, well, I hope I make it because in Hakata, they say 3% of the entire population is assassins. Yes. That is an alarming number <laughs> of assassins. In fact, it's so many assassins, and we'll get to this, I'm sure, that in the city, there is a, an assassin that specifically kills assassins. So what like you the need natural to know. order of things. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, the populate the, the city that is called Hakata is also called Fukuoka. And there's a reason for that is they had a contest a long time ago to name the city. And it actually was split down the middle. What the vote was, it was like 51% said Fukuoka and the other 49 Hakata. But like, the winner got it, but then there's many people who like not didn't get over it, so they still call it Hakata. This this is... reminds me of two things. It reminds me of every bridge that's ever been named after it's been open. Yeah, like a certain portion of gener of the generation will always call it the Triborough Bridge, right. and newer people to New York City will call it RFK. But more spot on, it reminds me of where you used to visit in in Guatemala. Yeah, because there was a city that was both Shela mm -hmm. or Quetzaltenango. Yeah depending on if you were native or if you were like pro-European, I think. Yeah, if you were indigenous or, yeah, you know, identified with the Spaniards. But what's crazy is, so I just looked this up. I did quick math via Google. The population of Fukuoka is 1.5 million people. And then I times that by 0.03. That is 45,000 people that are contract <laughs> killers in this city. So like the fact that there's enough people living there knowing there's, there's that many people who murder for a living is astounding to me. I would not move there. <laughs> I would not move to Fukuoka. I don't care how nice the water side, the waterfront property looks as it pushes in this show. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so Saito's like, I'm going to go out and meet the world and I'm going to stab someone in the face. And <laughs> what's crazy is that it's, as you said, it's, it's 
it's so many hitmen, but also it's like so common. It's like that's been corporatized in this world. Mm -hmm. It's so commonplace that like there's just like people don't think twice about there being this much blood money flowing through the streets of Fukuoka. We then switch over to a character named Zenji Bamba, who is the kind of the other protagonist. Yep. What's his deal now? Zenji Baba <laughs> is uh, a private investigator. Right. Who wears really stylish sweaters. Correct. Seems to know everybody in town. He has a deep U on his sweaters. And he know? has not a deep V or a deep, not a deep v. v. He has a deep U. That's what his face right. is. His it, like, shoulder. it hangs off his shoulders. Right. <laughs> um, like, like, a, like a girl in a fall photo shoot in front of a bale of hay. He's got a sweater that hangs off his shoulders. That's just like, like hashtag right. first fall leaves. Like, but but perhaps like. most importantly, and trust me, this is least importantly to the story. Yeah, he sits by the river and eats the most delicious looking ramen imaginable. Oh man! And I think that's another thing about this show is is it's it's this style that's like smooth, relaxing jazz next to the water and delicious looking food. Like they make they spend time on food and drinks in this in this show. And, and it subconsciously gets to you. So again, a little bit about this. So it's kind of plays into the story is he doesn't just eat ramen by the riverfront. Yeah. There's a food stand, it's by the riverfront and he gets ramen, but it's also where he meets all of his contacts, right. all of his informants. And perhaps his most important informant is the gentleman who makes the ramen. Right. Because uh, he's sort it's sort of like being like the bartender, right? Like, you yeah, know, yeah. everything that's going on all the time. Yeah. But this infiltrated my brain so bad that I was watching it at like 1030 in the morning today. And yeah. my wife got home from a run and I was like, must get ramen tonight. <laughs> Make it tonkatsu. Must get tonkatsu. And so my wife and I went out to I, my wife and I went out to dinner tonight. And I'm like sending Kyle photos of like my <laughs> pork, my pork buns and my tonkatsu ramen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, chili. Pays. <laughs> it was it was incredible but you made me very back hungry back to the story where were we where were we so we're at zenji bonba la 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 bonba is a detective and this is where lynn and saito cross paths because lynn was supposed to kill this detective but this detective got off before lynn got there that's how commonplace this is is that you know the streams get crossed in many different murder plots and so lynn's like all right i guess i don't need to do this anymore bye and Zenji is trying to figure out who killed this detective. And it, and it all links back to Red Rum, who Saito's a part of. Um, and Right. But, but Zenji is also um, reading your notes to make sure I'm not jumping ahead too far. Yeah. Um, Zenji is also really suspicious because when we first meet him with one of his buddies, he's watching the mayor yeah. give a speech. Yeah, the mayor's a focal point in the first four episodes. Right. And so... The mayor is got this squeaky clean image. Yeah. But something's just not right. And using his sort of private investigator intuition. Yeah. Sees that there's two people up on the platform. Right. The mayor. Are they just assistants? Right. Are they bodyguards? Right. What are they? So he does. Zenji does this. Banba does this little trick. He pulls a balloon, puts a balloon behind Mm -hmm. his back and he pops it to simulate a gunshot and the two, the woman on the stage and the man react in a way that to us, we think, Oh, that's a bodyguard. And his buddy even says, Oh, that was a bodyguard. And he said, that's not the way a bodyguard reacts. They reacted 
the way a hitman reacts. Right. So that means that the mayor has hitmen under his employ, and that's kind of funky. And that's kind of where we kind of he he suspects that the mayor had something to do with this this detective being killed because yeah. And then uh, we also meet another character whose name's Enokita, who is a hacker. Uh, and he lives in the internet cafe. We'll talk a little bit about that later. And he finds out that the mayor has hired Red Rum, who is the uh, thing. And then he also realizes that it's all tied to his douchebag of a son who mm-hmm. maliciously kills, you know, normal people all the time, including. Young yeah, he, he came across as like that sociopath child of privilege that no one's ever told him no. And he gets real. If 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 you can stomach violence or violence towards women in particular this might be a little difficult part of the show to watch it's not ultra graphic graphic but it is absolutely implied that he gets rough with these girls and then like murders them Mm -hmm. and then has his father's henchmen clean up after him right and that's that's never a fun thing to watch and he also has a bunch of friends who went out and uh and this will be important later that he that beat up homeless people just for fun and he shows like ah he shows the hitman ha 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 look they beat up the the thing how's that great and then the hitman were like who saw these videos it's like just my friends and they're like okay he's like i was gonna upload it online and they're like nope and she unplugs <laughs> the computer from the wall and she's like okay we got to get get rid of these three kids and that's the thing he he has no concerns over people that he hurts um, so this is what we're going to pause because this kind of sets up that this that something is afoot in this story. But one thing, because it's my second time walking through, I also wanted to take time to take stock of the Japanese things that really stuck out to me that I really okay. love. Okay. And I wanted to talk about like just what it would be like, because like, I think I may have mentioned this in other episodes, but I lived in Japan for 10 months. So I, you know, I have a little bit of idea how the life works. I can't say I know exclusively, but these things aren't as like, culturally appropriating as you would think right so the first one that i thought was really interesting was the politician yelling on the streets with sashes so they have a very short uh they have a very short window in which people can campaign in japan just like everybody else does in the country and we probably should in our country too but they only can like do it for like three months agree and uh he and usually when that happens it becomes this blitz of cars and vans driving by neighborhoods of bullhorns going like, you know, vote for me, vote for me. And they usually have the sash of their party. So imagine if like Joe Biden would drive around your neighborhood with a sash that says Democratic Party and right. was and was like screaming like how much he wants you to get your vote. Like that's, they have to like express campaign in those moments. So okay. that was one thing that I noticed because I saw that a bunch. The second is the internet cafe that Enokita lives in. And this is something that I wanted to talk about a little bit because you're going to see it a bunch and it make, it's going to make more sense going. Internet cafes are actually pretty comfy places and they're open 24 mm-hmm. seven. It's gotten so like, and then you can buy snacks there. You can buy food there, water there. You can go to the veterinary bathroom. It's accessible to you. As long as you pay the hourly fee, you're good. It's gotten so comfy that people who have no jobs um, or aren't hired or unemployed or just are kind of like agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. They tend because all they want is the internet and the food. They live in the internet cafe. Interesting. And Enokita is like one of those people. They're they're called um NEETS, which means non-employed uh something. It's 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 an acronym for this kind of like got out of college, didn't get into anything, and don't have really any plans, don't plan on being anything, you know, other than you know, doing small jobs here or there, and then they just kind of live in the internet cafe. Well, is- I can tell you that my wife, who also lived in Japan for six months, yeah. um, walked into the room and it was a scene where Enokita was sitting at a computer. Right. Zenji was behind him. All you saw was wood around him. And there yeah. was a placard on the wall, which 
upon later inspection, I guess, was a menu. Right. And my wife walks in and goes, where are they, an internet cafe? Yeah. And I'm like, what? But to give the folks at home sort of the vibe that, like, Kyle's talking about, it, it didn't dawn on me at first that they were, like, getting coffees from espresso machines. Yeah. It has a decided, like, we work vibe. Exactly. Like all those shared workspaces that have become super popular and bound to fail because it's a terrible business model. Dude, watch the Hulu Um, documentary on it. It's so crazy. uh, On the WeWork model. Well, that guy in particular was crazy. Yeah. But back to the back to the internet cafes. Right. But that's what it comes across as. Yeah. And it's a comfy life. And it's not that expensive either for the hourly rate. You know, if you think about if it's let's say it's five dollars an hour to use the internet there. And you put that out to 24 hours. Let's just round that up to say it's like 25 times five. What would that be? $125 for the day. And you right. multiply that out. That's less than a lot of, you know, that's less than a lot of rent would be. And if all you need is just the small space to sleep and, and watch, play the internet and eat, and the food is free. And there, electricity is covered. Electricity is water covered, covered. And water is covered. Right. And you don't have to pay, you know, you're just paying for the room and the internet. It's actually a comfy life. So that's one thing that I noticed as well. Um, you know, Japan has, uh, is not, is okay with sleeping on the floor. So a lot of times they bring futons in there. So, and they generally, and the internet cafes kind of get that. And it's, it's, it's kind of a problem there. It's, it really is, but that's neither here. Well, nor I can imagine it like totally chasing away other clients. Yeah. And the last thing is that there are, I love scenes that are in like coffee bars, which are usually the most, the chillest things. And we got to see that with like, you got to see just like someone grinding coffee and drinking coffee. And like, it just, it's such a relaxing scene I see in modern anime and it's like, especially with the production value that I just love. So that's just one thing I wanted to point out. Right. Oh, so, at yeah. this point also, and I don't know if I'm giving a, uh, actually we're going to get into it in the next one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. Well, this is the one thing I wanted to point out too, is that I don't, I want to bring up the characters that we meet in the second episode or the first and second episode first to get it out of the way because we start seeing a lot of people over and over again. Mm-hmm. So let's just run through them quick, just so people get who we're talking about. The first one we meet is named Yamato, who is a pickpocket. Feel free to very jump in. very brief appearance, but very brief appearance. He's like a thief. He's a pickpocket, but he's also like a um, he's like a host club guy. So instead of being like Oran host club, he actually does the work that the hosts do. Right. Uh, but he also is a pickpocket, and he got to get information for for this underworld. Then there's Shige Matsu, um, who is a detective who has a working relationship with the underworld because it helps him. You know, that are not usually judged by the law. He's kind of an Avenger in that way. Sure, sure. Yeah. Then we meet a, uh, um, you talk about Genzo, who's the chef at the ramen stand. Uh, mm-hmm. He's there to kind of like give information. He's also like a central point where the, the business is done. Then we get to like the the, the Avenger squad, mm-hmm. which consists of, and you kind of like jump in when you feel of it. And it's that we got Jiro, who is the like fey, <laughs> you know, effeminate hairdresser hitman who operates the cafe bar we just talked about and he does not dream of sushi he does not he does not dream of sushi nor but he does dream of of torturing people which is his favorite thing to do and then we got jose martinez <laughs> like he was just he looked more black to me if you want to be honest right, he might be right. Dominican or something like that but he he's part of the torture squad which we'll talk about and then there's the like you know masaki who is the like the arbit you know the required you're required to be a weird little girl right. who has and no problem with the world that they exist in. And she doesn't play heavily in the first four episodes. But one thing, there's a word that Kyle said before, um, and we learn it with Jose Martinez. So Jose Martinez is one of the uh, Avengers alongside Misaki and Jiro. So what does that mean? What is, 
what is an Avenger? Has nothing to do with Marvel. No, so (laughs) at some point, Lynn, our um, our lead, is in a alley, and Jose Martinez comes up on him and gives him a punch in the gut. Right. And just totally takes the wind out of Lynn. Lynn is incensed and says, you come here to kill me. I'll kill you and pulls pulls out their knife and starts swinging at Jose. And Jose is like, whoa, take it easy. You're pretty good. (laughs) Take it easy, mate. (laughs) Take it easy. And and he gets a couple cuts and he's like, weren't you here to kill me? And he's like, no, no. He goes, I'm an Avenger. I'm only hired to do as bad as what you did to someone else. And so earlier... Um, when when Lynn thought they'd been felt up by Yamato, the pickpocket, right, socked them one good. So he then hired Jose Martinez to sock as well. And I thought this such an interesting thing because hitmen are obviously hired to kill, right. but the Avengers cannot kill unless they're being hired to avenge a killing. A very right. interesting like honor amongst thieves, right? It, and it very much ties into like the the cohort of underworld people that exist in this in this in this setting is that we also meet a guy whose cat got killed by this character and he's like you you know he beat me up and killed my cat blah 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 and so what happens is is that and this will back up a little bit Saito gets hired to because now that now that the mayor's son has shown the the homeless people getting beat up Mm -hmm. they the the murder inc Ja Rule and, and Ashanti decide <laughs> to show up and then now have to kill these three people because now they've, they've gotten too deep into it or they've gotten too much pro high profile onto this mayor's son. So now Saito in his first like mission is sitting in a bathtub waiting for this kid to show up to stab, stab, stab him for, you know, the, 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 the murder ink. And instead the Avengers show up to get one of the friends and with the cat who got killed, they just go ham on it and they think Saito is one of the guys as well. And so they're like killing the one guy and they're going like, right. we'll be next. And then Saito's like, look at my business card. I swear I'm not this guy. So. I know. And and they do this. They do this fun trick um, where you have a business card and it says one yeah. thing. And when you put a lighter to it, it, it changes its appearance. So when Saito says, I'm really hit, man, I'm not Jira soon. I'm not the one that you're after. My business card is here. I work yeah. for Murder, Inc., they pull out the business card and it says red rum and he lights it with uh, a lighter and it turns to murder ink. But what's really funny is Jose Martinez, when he's in the alley with Lynn and his business card and he goes, I've really been itching to torture. It's been a long time. Here's my business card. (laughs) And and the business card says chiropractor. And when he (laughs) lights it with a flame, it switches to torture. <laughs> it is so commonplace. Murder and torture is so commonplace in this setting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so now you're starting to see the, the world unravel centered around this mayor's son and stuff like that. And uh basically murdering finally catches up, kills the other people, and uh, Phil kills his the mayor's son's three friends. And as you said, it's like an honor among thieves kind of thing. Um it's uh you're starting to realize that you know these characters are they kind of a code, you know, it, it's like John Wick, even in that regard, where you have right. an underworld that does bad things and does illegal activities, but they also respect their word. They respect injustice. Like if things are not fair, that's not, there's no point to it. Right. So they try to make it 
you know, there's it's kind of you kind of start to see these guys work together a lot, and there's kind of a guild. Right. But let's start talking about a little bit more about um the second episode. Sure. And they've killed they killed the second they killed the son's friends. I think we call a bunch of it. Saito's captured so, by the event. So they killed the detective who was mm-hmm. looking into the mayor's misdeeds. Right. And they killed uh the son's friends who you never really meet. They're just right idiots that were going to cause trouble and they were disposable where the son is not disposable to the father. Um, And going back to the detective being killed, Lynn was hired to kill that detective. Right. When Lynn shows up, the detective is already dead. Mm -hmm. Come to find the, and the cops are there. Right. So come to find out it's actually the mayor's henchman that right. killed the detective and made it right. look like suicide. But back to Lynn, Lynn's like, hey, job is done. Let me go to M- Mr. Clean Gabagool club owner yeah. and, and get my cash. Right. And he goes to get his cash and the owner's like, nah, man, you didn't kill him. He's mm-hmm. already dead. Right, right. And Lynn is like, no way. You hired me. He's dead. Doesn't matter how it happened. Give right. me my cash. And the owner is really dismissive. He's like, you're not even a real hitman. You're just yeah. a killer. Right. You want to make some money here. Here's how you make some money. Kill this guy. And he throws in the business card of Zenji Banba, who, again, is the private who's, investigator. Who's snooping around this, this mayor's transaction. Right, who's been nosing around. And he's like, this guy's giving us problems. And Lynn goes, hey, screw you. Yeah, you pay <laughs> I'm me not going to kill him. Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to protect him. And yes. I'm going to kill every guy you send after him until right. you pay me my money. Right, exactly. And so Lynch shows up and thinks that Bamba is just a stumbling, bumbling detective. And Bamba and he's like, who are you? This just like little, he assumes to be a young girl. He's like, who are you? He's like, I'm a hitman. No, <laughs> I'm a hitman and I'm going I'm, to, I'm, but I'm also here to protect you. And he's like, just get the heck out. I don't need you around. Like, this right, is no right. deal. And then, and then Lynn gives the sad story after sweetly sleeping on the couch uh, and, mm-hmm. and he wakes up and Bamba's <laughs> like, how's this? It, Lynn's like, oh, I'm trying to like get all this money back so that I can get my sister back. He goes, well, how much is your debt? He goes, 5 million yen. And he goes, all right, I'll pay you that. <laughs> well, and that's where you start that's to get a little yeah. suspicious. Right. You're like, what? Well, how do you? $50,000. So, so my initial thought here. Right. Yeah. Was are we going to find out that this private investigator is actually more of like a rich playboy Batman right. type figure right. where they've got a ton of money and they're like, well, I might as well try and solve crime in my off time. Yeah. And then uh, so th- that's just funny. I just thought that was hysterical that like they resolved that conflict in like two seconds. Like, here you go. Here's five, here's five million yen. Uh, so just tell me what you know, then I'll be okay with that. And then, so he tells about the thing and that their the son is being, you know, he's killing all these girls. Right. And he's just like, and, and so Lynn is just like, la la la, I paid off a debt. And he calls up the uh, Gabagool and he goes, hey man, I'm done. I'm out of here. And something, uh, Gabagool gives him a, a little twist. What is that twist? He says, oh, well, I mean, I know you were paying all this money to to get back home. Your sister just died. Yeah, right before because Lynn right. mouthed off. Yeah. He, also, he also, also, your mother, she died a few years ago too. And every time you sent money home to her, 
we took it. Yeah, we're putting it back in our pocket. And I was just like, and then like, of course, you want to piss off a, a, a girl with a knife, right? Like that's exactly what he right. was off. And then right. of course, well, sees and- the which so, like serendipitously, the TV turns on in front of her. It, I'm in the in the in the street, and it says the exact story of what they're talking about. Right, and and how this sort of comes down is it's about human trafficking, right? And right, his right. sister Xiaomei got got caught up, and so if you recall, we were just talking about how the mayor's son would rough up girls and kill them, and. And his, the mayor's henchmen, they kind of have a weird moral code themselves. Right, right. The assassins, but they say to the mayor, they're like, your son is a major liability. Right, exactly. And he's going to continue to cause you trouble. And the mayor, because he's twisted AF, says people would only care because he's killing civilians. Right. Buy some girls from the traffickers and just let them play with those. Right, exactly. Oh, I know it was it was rough. It was so. So Xiaomei is one of the girls, and again, we talked about how it's sort of like a crash intertwiny thing. Um, Not only does Xiaomei die at the hands of the sun, but (laughs) Saito, yeah, was also. Given the contract, remember Saito? He's our first day assassin. Yeah, He's yeah. like, hey guys. Yeah. Um, he was also given the contract to kill the detective. Of course, he was nowhere near it. But unlike having a henchman for a boss, Red Rum Inc. calls him up and it's like, <laughs> like J. Jonah Jameson yeah, from, like- Daily, uh, from whatever Spider Man is going, hey kid, you did a great job. <laughs> Here's the cash. And Saito is looking at his bank account and he's like, maybe I should give it back. I don't know. And he sees it and he goes on a bender. Yeah. And then this is where we start to get more Japanification, Japanese stuff that I really love. Like uh, he went to get hot pot and gyoza. He went and he went, got really drunk with these giant pint glasses that they have usually at the bar. And then my favorite is that he went to this like, single booth titty bar basically <laughs> and he's like sick he goes and i think literally he's like single booth titty bars and like he like screamed it out loud while he was, while he was spending his money right it, and, it was like in our last episode we talked about the kids yelling out bean pot yeah it was, he was very enthusiastic so, to say he, that. so he gets drunk out of his gourd and he wakes yeah. up next to dead Xiao Mei. Right, right. He's being framed and he he tries to run, but of course he's not thinking straight and he gets caught by cameras. And so they're plastering his photo all over town. And, you know, Lin finds out about it and Zenji Bamba has his team go out looking for more information. And in what was one of my favorite funny moments was... um, the police officer comes back to report to Zenji and Lin about this guy and kind of say, Hey, it kind of looks like he's been framed, but they're like, he had a big night. First, he went to the strip clubs. Then he went to the cabarets. Then he went to the so-and-sos and Lin being an assassin Mm -hmm. growing up in abject poverty really doesn't know what regular life is like. Right, right, right. So they turn to uh, Zenji and they're like, what's a strip club? And he's like, it's where you go to see boobies. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Right, right, What's right, right. a cabaret? It's where you go to see boobies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
And then what's the last club? He's like, it's where you go to touch boobies. <laughs> He's like, it's so it's the same. They're all the same. Many ways to get to the same point, basically. <laughs> so um, I got, I'm going to pause. That's because once again, it's a lot in, in multiple episodes, but it never gets confusing. I, I will tell the people yeah. at home, you need to pet the first episode. You, you can't be on your phone. Right. Can't be looking around. Um, after the first episode, you could stand to maybe like butter your toast in the other room and come back in. But, <laughs> but only in, that. You only get one piece of toast. Right. Not two. Two would be too many. But for the first episode, just glue your eyes to the screen because you're going to need a lot of this for background. And once you get it, you're fine. It's kind of like watching Bacchano. Remember, we watched Bacchano. And yeah. it was like, if you if you don't watch the first two episodes, you're going to be super lost. Um, so uh, we get to, this is another thing that I wanted to talk about as well, because I thought it was such an interesting thing that I don't normally see in, in anime. And that is the relationship between Lin and Bonba is this, um, it's a romantic relationship. They're starting to set up this kind of romantic relationship in an uncontroversial way. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're like, oh, I like you, but you're a girl, but you're a man, but like, I can't help it because you look like a woman. Like they don't play into those tropes. It's just right. Bonba feels- keeps, for- make, keeps making ramen. Yeah. For, for Lynn and Lynn's like, I don't eat ramen. And he says, you won't eat it. And he's like, well, I, I won't let food go to waste. He is, Lynn is playing the Sundere character, basically. He's playing the like, no, I don't like this. You baka 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 buta gushal in it. Like it's, it's right. that he, Lynn is being a Sundere the whole time. And Bamba is like completely white knighting Lynn this entire show. Like very much like, oh, I'll pay off all your debts or I'll save you at the last minute. Oh, you're hurt. Can I give you a piggyback ride? And Lynn is, of course, <laughs> Lynn is the one that like is constantly like, stay back, Baka, stay back, Baka, don't do it. Okay. And like, and they get their piggyback. And I thought it was actually like a really interesting story. I don't know. Did you, like, if you know that that was one of the goals of the show, what, what was, what's your, what's going through your head when you think about that? That is very unique. It felt like they were dipping the toe in the water. Like they, they they're being mindful of their audience. Right. Um, look, all of this takes time. I understand right. that the world in a, in a perfect world, we would all gain tolerance and, and it would all it just, we'd be accepting of, of people's life choices and it would all happen in one big rush. But the fact of the matter is, is that people's minds and hearts are difficult to change. Right. And I, I felt like this show was just like tap, tap, tap. Yeah. Tap, tap. Like it, yeah. it, it hit nothing hit you over the head. And if you were pretty obtuse, you would you maybe you'd even miss it. Right. But and um, they go, they go, we're going to give you an uncontroversial male male relationship, but we're going to do the things that make you less comfortable about it. Right. So we're going to give you an obviously gay, gay character who's a hairdresser in the form of Jiro. And he's going around going like, we call everybody chew one and all that stuff. That's his, that's his thing. So now when you want to like look at that gay man, so you don't notice the other, the two main characters are kind of doing something over here. And, you know, Bamba likes Lynn, but Lynn looks like a girl. So you don't really, there's nothing, you know, it's not going to confuse you when you're watching it. You're not, you're right. not you know, it's not going to affect your, you know, the center of your morality or whatever, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and as you said, things change, but Japan is going to take a much longer time. Right. Because Japan has a very, I'm not gonna. I'm not. You know, once again, NYC. I very strictly go against the not your culture rule. Like, so I'm not gonna indict the whole culture, but there. But it does have homophobia, 
is a huge centerpiece of it because um, there's a huge factor on making family, creating family, you know, there's hierarchical, it's kind of patriarchal. So, you know, homosexual relationships, whether it be male or female, just don't, don't gel with that thing. And so I thought it was interesting. I thought it, it held on. It did the classic soon today and the carefree guy that like sweeps her away and it didn't get in and, it, and it did, as you said, didn't hit people over the face. So I want to give that space because it's going to be a part of the show if you keep watching it. So let's go into episode three and four. Lynn, when she's not getting pig, when he's not, when he is not getting piggyback rides and he's not enjoying a cup of, of ramen, just found out a sister was beaten up and murdered. So now Lynn goes on a damn rampage. Yeah, he does. <laughs> just shows up and just is like stabby, 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 stabby. Because yeah. Lynn is like, I don't need any other weapons. I just need knives. Stab, 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 stab. And he gets to the boss. He, he, he gets the cup of gold. Spray, the blood spray in the show is Dexter-esque. Yes, it's Kurosawa Dexter mix here. Everybody's spraying out. And he gets the Gabagool. He's like, you know, you've killed my sister, prepare to die. My name is my name is Lin Xiaoming. <laughs> you killed my sister, prepare to die. So what happens there? Um, so he he gets into the inner sanctum. He he just blows through Gabagool's crew. He gets to Gabagool and he's like, I am here. To kill you and in classic classic flawed form yeah. catches himself monologuing yes exactly exactly and ivanov who is this <laughs> described as a half russian half japanese assassin who and is like, he specializes in in strangling that's, that's right his strangulation is his specialty right. he looks like ivan he looks like uh Dolph Lundgren, but with the thickness of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, like so, Guile from Street Fighter Two, just like all muscles, just right. So, so he grabs he grabs Lynn from behind, and um, Gabagool. Which remember, guys, that's not really his name. No, that's not his name. He's from the like Kaku Association, I think is the name. Yeah. So, so Gabagool is like, you're a punk. You're never gonna kill me. We're gonna kill everyone you love and know. Don't worry about it. We're gonna kill you now. And then does the other thing besides monologuing is like, I don't need to see you getting killed. Bye. Yes, right. Like like Goldfinger. Do you expect me to talk now, Mr. Bond? I expect you to die. And then you like leave the room. Bye. And he goes, it's just like the logic from, from uh, what's it called? Uh, Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. Where it's like, I right. just shoot him now. He goes, no, I'm just going to let him go and assume that it went to plan. What do you, what's the problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> right. So he leaves the room and uh, Lynn pulls one of his two thigh knives, Many knives. Starter, out and he cuts uh, Ivanov and Ivanov who's got scars all over his face is like that knives don't really do anything to me and he takes Lynn's knife and he shoves it in between his ribs which had to hurt had to hurt and Lynn pulls out another knife and he points points it at the face of Ivanov while he's being choked and Ivanov is like I told you that I'm impervious to knives why would you pull that and he says this isn't just any knife. And Ivanov looks down and the knife has three slots for projectile bullets to come out and boom. Uh, right in between takes the one right to the forehead and goes down. Right. So now Lynn has to get uh, it starts to realize with Bomba who figured out for everybody else. Yeah, and, that... and bon, Bomba shows up with like his hands in his pockets. Yeah. He's like, he's like, Oh, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, how what the hell? How did He's like, I'm glad I got here in time. And he's holding his bleeding wound. He's like, you actually didn't. You actually <laughs> didn't get here in time. Um, 
And he'd come to find out that this entire time, with the help of um, Inioka, the yeah. uh, sort of the tech geek, yeah. they've been using this little black and red spider yeah. that they've been putting under people's collars, and it is a tracking device. And he and he had tracked, sorry, tracking device. Yeah. And he had tracked uh, Lynn to this location, and that's how he knew where he was. Right. And so now Lynn's like, okay, they think I'm dead. I got Bonbon on my side. I got an Akita on my side. Mm-hmm. Now I have to do what I need to do, which is I'm going to go kill the son because I know he did it. Right. And I'm going to kill Gabagool, aka Kaku, at the same time. But so in order for me to do it, I, because I look like a woman, I am going to be his next victim. So he's right. going to. I'm uh, Lynn's idea to get that close in private. Yeah. is to pose as a trafficked victim. And he asks Zen, Zenji Baba, Bamba to help him, which this has got to be uncomfortable because the girls right. are delivered in suitcases. Yeah. And here's another thing that I, I think is very interesting. Zenji is constantly going, if you really want to be a hitman, what's the biggest strength? And he goes, strength, right? It's your skill. That's what makes you a good hitman. He goes, no. And you need to figure out what that is before you really become a good hitman. What Zenji has been trying to do this whole time, hence why he was kind of annoyingly showed up late when, when, when Led's getting strangled by, you know, right. Zangief and Giles' baby, is, is he's trying to get him to realize, like, trust somebody else, trust me. Tr- I'm not going to let you into my circle until you figure it out. But at the same time, that's a little patriarchal, a little patronizing in my yeah. mind. So, like, even, like, when Lynn's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to kill uh, the son by becoming the victim. Zenji's like, oh, ridiculous. He's very, like, <laughs> he's, like, very patronizing right. to Lynn because he knows that, Akata is the world. He knows the world of Akata. Like, like he's Bonba knows what it takes to do things in this world. And that it takes trust, and it takes a large group of people that trust that you know what you're doing, and you and you stick with your word. So while Lin is doing this plan, they now and this is another thing. Kaki, they, they uh, someone goes up to Anokita, and Anokita's like, "I'm an information broker. You can easily, I can easily tell you what's happening if you just give me money, right?" So you're thinking Enoki right. betrayed everybody. So now Kaki's like, oh, I can't just go after this person. I need to give someone who knows what they're doing. So let's talk about the Niwaka samurai, who is this like famous killer of killers. Talk through that person. Right. The Niwaka samurai is a hitman's hitman. He is the one who, who notoriously is hired to go after those that kill other people. And he is feared, but he's never been seen. Supposedly. And there's a very specific way of hiring this person is to go to the ramen chef and ask. Right. He he is his sort of contact. But um, there is one person who has seen him. And we talked earlier about the mayor having two henchmen, one being a female named Reiko and the other one being a male whose name escapes me. And that male. We'll call him my patch. <laughs> Solid Snake. Yeah, we'll call, we'll call him Solid Snake. Yeah. So Solid Snake. Uh, says, no, I saw him once and he was looking through the um, he was looking through the scope on a sniper rifle at an assassin going nuts, killing another man. And Niwaka Samurai comes up from behind with this very classic stylized mask and samurai swords and just obliterates and chops the head off of the assassin. Yeah he realizes he's being watched up on a building across the street and throws like a, a star or yeah, something like a throwing knife or something. Yeah. A throwing knife. And it goes through the scope 
and pierces the eye. That's why he has the eye patch. Yeah. Hence why he has the eye patch. So he knows that this is not a man to be messed with. Right. And so uh, Zenji Banba uh, goes down to the waterfront and is talking with his ramen slinging dude friend. And he's like, I'm in a bit of a pickle, Zenji. And he's like, what's up, man? What's going on? And he said, I've been called and I've been asked to summon Niwaka Samurai. And he goes, oh, okay. And he says, but the target is you. Oh, oh. You know, Zenji, that I can't refuse the job once, once it's offered to me. Right. And Zenji, and he says, is it okay? Do you want me to to alert Niwaka? And Zenji's like, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. And so we go and uh, Zenji... Don't know how you're going to get out of this, bud. Right, exactly. Killer Killers is coming for you. And Zenji is like, all right, well, I guess we'll go through Zelin's little cute little prayer. Look how cute she is with your little long hair and she's going to be in a suitcase. And so Lynn instantly gets 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 taken over by by Gabagool and Murder Inc. and everybody's there. And now they have the Niwaka samurai yep. who's who's ready to, you know, do the thing. So what right. happens there? Okay, so again, and I know this might have just gotten lost in what we were saying, but yeah. the plan is when the henchmen of the mayor reach out to get a new girl for the sun, is for Lynn to sub in yeah. And become the girl. Yeah. Those henchmen go to Enioka at the Internet Cafe, who, as you said before, and I know you said this, but I'm just reiterating because it's very difficult to follow watching, let alone listen to two guys talking about it. Right. He gives up the plan. Mm-hmm. So Lynn has no idea that he is walking into a trap or rather rolling into a trap. Right. <laughs> he's in a suitcase. And so when he the suitcase opens and the light pours in and he stands up and he's ready to stab a mother. He's actually in a warehouse right. under spotlights with everyone he does not want to see. Gabagool is there. The male henchman is there along with another henchman who is constantly tossing a dynamite grenade in his hand for four episodes. Yes, yes. Um, Everyone who wants to wish him harm is there. And Gabagool is like, the jig is up. You are going to die. And in particular, you are going to die because I hired Niwakawa Samurai. And out from the shadows comes Niwakawa. Now we have to go back to something that we didn't talk about. There's this little joke between Lin and Zenji. All right. Zenji in the beginning just wants just wants Lin to go get him like salted fish roe or pickled fish roe. Right, right. Something like that for his dish. And and when he pays the five million dollars to Lin, he says, All you owe me if I help you find the killer and kill the killer of Xiaomei is a five-year supply of this salmon row or right. this pickled row. Right. So as, as Niwakawa Samurai saunters up and looks down at Lin, who's on the ground, and Lin is almost resigned to having their head chopped off, he hears this voice and he says, remember the deal. 
five-year supply of the row. And he's like, what? What? And he looks up, and it dawns on him that Niwakawa Samurai is actually our private investigator, Zenji Benba. Yeah. And, and now goes, Zenji goes, goes on a tear. Just, just head lopping. Just like the amount of head lopping. It's just, he has a problem next and he's going to, he came to deliver. Yeah. And that's where we get to, and this is kind of where we're button off so people can get to the idea is that Zenji pulls the whole like Oceans 11 heist thing where he shows how he used the underworld that we've met over the course of the episode. Saito a doctor that hides bodies, the Avengers, the thing, and just shows how like he worked with everybody to make this plan better. He could have been less patronizing and be like, Lynn, I'll let me, let me, I'll let you in on the, how this works. But no, he waited till the last minute to do it. And so Lynn is like, oh, well, I guess there's no reason for me to be here anymore. I, I, my guy's avenged. All this stuff is great, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, you still owe me my salmon row. And so now Lynn gets brought into the world, the underworld that Bomba belongs to. Now, what's interesting is that it's not just that they work together on underground activities. They also mm-hmm. share a hobby together, Garrett. What yeah. is that hobby? They are on an intramural baseball team. I was just like, what? And what's the name of that team? The name team? of the team is the Hankata Tonkatsu Ramen. There it is, folks. The name of the show is the intramural baseball team that all these assassins play on with some random schmoes. And, and so at the end of it, they're introducing and they say yeah. two new members. And one of them is Lynn looking uncomfortable in, in a baseball uniform. Yeah. But the other, and this was kind of the only thing, possibly the only thing that I thought was a little lame right. was there's a moment when they're confronting and we won't go into too much detail, but there's a moment um, where they're confronting the son, the mayor's son, they finally get to him to confront him. And there's this, this character Saito that we talked about, Mr. Right. It's my first day. Oh yeah. my God, I'm here to kill people. Yeah. The reason why he became an assassin is because he used to be a major league pitcher and he almost killed a guy by throwing a baseball at his head. And that made him think he could kill. And so he, after he thought he killed this other baseball player, he could never throw a pitch again. But when he's found in a tight squeeze in this experience, he finds the courage again and throws a baseball at a dude's head. And this just rang to me of Joaquin Phoenix as Merrill in signs being swing away, Merrill. Yeah, it was kind of, swing was away. Kind of like a really lame Deus Ex Machina piece that like, oh, just a throwaway. We'll just it was like this. the only lame part of this. And, and it was also to make you realize why he's now the pitcher of the Hakata exactly. Robbins. It's, yeah, you're right. So, and it just shows that now Lynn's part of the crew, Saito's part of the crew, and now we're going to learn. We'll talk more about the story there of this world of assassins. So what I'm going to do now that you've kind of, kind of, it was a good button-off point. I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask you every week. The first one is, would you keep watching? Know what you've seen. As you said, it's only 12 episodes. It's nothing more to watch after this. Would you keep watching? I'll be watching as soon as we turn off the podcast. It's great. And I stumble on it because for Crunchyroll. I wanted something similar to like Bungo Stray Dogs, a little bit like- Had you da-da-da. seen it before- yes. Yes, that's why I picked it for this this week. And um, I, I, I've, I've already finished it. I'll probably finish it again because I forgot a lot because it's been like a couple of years since I've watched it. Yeah. Um, and so definitely recommend it. But 
What we're going to do now is what we do every week, which is called the Weave and Noob Score. The Weave and Noob Score doesn't mean that a show's good or bad. It just means that uh, you, you know, it shows our excitement for you to watch it and whether or not it exemplifies the highest level of experience for a newer or a longtime fan of anime. Um, and so low score means eh, it's all right. High score means go right away, do it, mm-hmm. watch it. It's the best. Yep. So I'm going to start with my score because I think it's important that because I talked this show up. I really like it. I really enjoy it. It does for a Japanophile. It's amazing for a new fit for an old fan. Someone who's watched anime a lot. I'm going to give it an eight because, okay. because I like it. So watch it. I recommend it. It's amazing. But for a longtime fan, you kind of have to be at a certain point in life to watch this show. It goes slow. It's very confusing sometimes. It's what I liken it to a warm bath for anime fans, but you, you, I wouldn't be excited to get into a warm bath. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have the thrill that you would get from other shows, but it does so many good, unique things and has really good storytelling and character development that I think it's worth a watch. So highly recommend it. I give it an eight. Garrett, what do you give it for the noob score? Kyle, unfortunately, you are burdened by your weebdom in that you have to consider all these things. As the relative noob, uh, or certainly the noob in the situation, I can look at it from more of a enjoyment standpoint. But when I take into effect, when I take into account the background music, the intro music, right, the layered story the violence but also the quiet the subtle romance the complexity of characters mm. 9.5 ooh and it's a good show i mean here's it the- is it is i was 10 minutes in the first episode my wife walked in and i said this is a really good show and she's like didn't you just start watching it and i'm like uh huh yeah and i I'm sold right about- away too that's that's the thing when I-, I watched it i was like i'm sold i'm in let's do this maybe thing. this isn't for everyone dude but like this is i mean in 70 71 episodes wherever we're at this is top four for me yeah top and you like and you like rascal too so i'm throwing some winners here for you i appreciate that yeah for sure um but i loved it i stumbled on this this is one that i stumbled on and i was like i really enjoyed that i hope that there's a second season and there's not so i'm pitching out there please get us a second season of akata tokoto romance it's great i love it definitely highly recommend it and it's a quick watch can't hate it. it. But by the time it would take you to watch Squid Game again, you might as well throw this one on. Yeah, man. So as we uh, finish our contract, you know, and are about to head over to the, the cafe bar to watch Jiro for the night, it's always important to hear your thoughts. Is a Hata Tokotsu Ramens the kind of easygoing assassin story that you, you didn't know you wanted to watch, but you did enjoy it? Did you like it for its action, its comedy, its weird, you know, its interesting romance? Please let us know in the comments below because we really want to continue the conversation, especially for a show that I actually really enjoyed. You can follow us on all of our social media, including at Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob or on Instagram at Wobble Podcast. You can also follow us on anchor.fm slash Wobble Podcast or anywhere your host site is found. But make sure when you do, you give us a five, 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 five star review. It helps people really listen to our show and it gives us a little bit more elevation to what we're doing. Before we close our episode and close the contract for today here, what are your final thoughts on Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens? Funky name, stylized killing, fun for the whole family. 
No doubt, no doubt. So we're going to be uh, cross-dressing for our contract kill. We're going to be shooting our gun knives. We're going to be enjoying our ramen for the night. All in all, to wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all. this outfit because it looks good. I mean, give me a break. Do you think it's easy to kill in heels?